What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods here coming at y'all April 2nd with another two-minute drill episode. If you came to YouTube, came wherever you found this, looking for the you know Twitch stream, did you miss it? We had some technical difficulties with Twitch tonight. We're going to get those worked out. We'll get y'all this episode up there very, very soon. But for right now, man, y'all know y'all can find us on YouTube Monday through Friday. It's real easy not to have technical difficulties there. And just because it's an awesome week, we don't have an episode tomorrow or today, Friday, April 2nd. This episode's also out on all audio streaming platform, guys. But top five running backs in the NFL for the NFL draft this year. We did quarterbacks like an episode or two ago. I thought, why not? In this week, we're approaching the draft. Let me go ahead, knock these running backs out. So we dropped a list of our top five running backs on social media. My list changed just slightly, just just slightly, just one position. Two guys flipped. Um, one moved up a spot, one moved down a spot. That's it, though. Just because of a pro day, me analyzing some film, I had, had a few changes I had to make. But as y'all know, I go five to one. I talk about what they did in college, give you the pros and cons of each prospect, and then wrap it up with their pro comp and what I expect from them. So let's kick it off. We're going to start with the group of five prospects on this list. Kenny or Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, running back, and you know he's the next great running back to come out of this Memphis pipeline. We saw what Antonio Gibson did for the Washington football team this year. Gainwell opted out of this past season, kind of disappointing. I was really excited to see what would happen when he became a staple um, in terms of, you know, he became a staple in that Memphis run game. And what happens when he's to focus? You saw Gibson leave. So what happens when he gets the majority of the carries? Rushed for over 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, over six yards per carry his uh, sophomore year was fourth in the nation in yards from scrimmage uh, 2019. This kid was highly, highly productive. And just in terms of some pros, his main one, man, route running and pass catching. He might have an argument to be the best pure route running running back in this draft. He had over 50 catches in 2019. He lined up in the slot sometimes. He can beat DBs on routes. That's how clean and crisp his route running is. And he only had three drops in his entire career, and he it was a t- he had over stickable targets. He's going to be a useful tool for any like to use a running back out of the backfield. Next, I mean, his agility, his running style. He might not be the biggest running back in the world, but with the power and physicality he runs with, it allows him to break away even when he's wrapped up with linebackers and DBs. He also possesses the agility to burn any linebackers caught one-on-one with him in open field. If you get caught in open field with this dude, you better have a map or he really and truly could embarrass you. And those are his two big ones. You know, with being the number five running back, you know, i got to get into some cons here. There's some pretty big ones. Speed is one of them. Now, listen, he did run a 4-4-2 in his 40. And, you know, we would like to see more speed for an undersized back. That's the only reason it's here. If he was prototypical size or something like that, I probably wouldn't have speed here. But a lot of these smaller backs we see succeed in the NFL, 
do so because they have that elite breakaway speed, that speed to keep them out of trouble, that speed to make, make big runs, explosive plays. And he doesn't have that elite speed that we would like to see from an undersized back. And also with his size, pass protection is going to be a problem, man. This is going to go along with him, you know, being undersized, but he's only around 190-200, and he doesn't possess really the mass and base to really stop these un- these incoming rushers, whether it be a D-lineman, linebacker, or a physical safety. He could be a real, real, you know, weakness in that pass blocking scheme for a team. He's going to have to be very smart with how he engages these rushers, how he picks them up, but I think he can find a way around it. And in terms of pro comp, man, you know, it's really hard to, you know, get a comp for everybody, but I like this one a lot. I like him to Austin Eckler, the Chargers running back right now. He's similar in size, similar in athleticism. He's an agile runner. Plus, Eckler is used similar to how I suspect Gainwell would be. Uh, You know, Eckler has over 200 catches in the past four years only happen around 400 carries. So he splits it pretty evenly. I think that's how Gainwell is going to be. There's a lot of scouts who think Gainwell can move out to the slot, but I think he's a good enough runner in between the tackles that he's going to find a role in the backfield somewhere. So at number five, guys, we got Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. And, you know, for number four, it was a pretty easy choice here. My top three is where we really – I just am struggling right now. Before we're going to head to the ACC, though, Michael Carter, North Carolina running back. He's probably one of the best ACC running backs we've seen in recent memory, and he helped carry the Tar Heels back into relevance on the gridiron. He rushed for over 3,400 yards, 22 rushing touchdowns, six receiving touchdowns, and averaged over over six and a half yards per touch. He was fourth in the country in rushing yards this season, and he led the ACC in yards per rush and yards yards from scrimmage. That just shows you his ability to be athletic, be dynamic, and really make an impact all across the field. And you know, his first you know pro to his game is that stop start ability, man, and the way he cuts with the football. There might not be a better running back at stopping and starting a run than Carter. I mean, he's so athletic, he's so agile, and he runs so low to the ground that it allows him to be very quick in terms of his cuts and start-stop. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons he led the ACC in yards per carry. That height helps him behind the line. He's patient, and he has the ability to stop if the hole's not there and cut it back if a hole opens up on the backside of the line. That's why he's so good in between the tackles, even though he's not the biggest bag. So the stop-start ability is going to make him a real factor at the next level. Balance as well. That's got to be one of his pros, man. He's only 5'9", so that center of gravity is so low to the ground, and it allows him to extend runs that other that other running backs cannot. He's able to keep his balance when he's when he gets tripped or when he gets grabbed or when he gets pulled, and it's able to get that three, four, five yards extra, which really could make a difference in the game. Plus, with this, with his balance and that low center of gravity, he gets lower than these high tackling defenders can move them off the spot, can get up in their chest, and he, he's going to make an impact and he's going to run you over. It allows him to explode in moments of contact, and I think that's going to be a huge reason why you could see him being a third down uh, back in the NFL. 
his cons, though, man, it's got to be his size. That's the only negative I really have about this kid. That's the only big negative that's really worth talking about. He's only 5'9", 195, 200. His frame is pretty big, though, I would say. I think he can carry a bit more muscle on his frame. And it's going to be interesting what an NFL team kind of works with him at and where he puts on muscle, how much muscle. Do they want him to gain weight, lose weight? What do they want to use him as? I think, but the reason that I think Carter's still at four here, even though he's probably one of the smaller backs in this class, is because he turns his size into a strength. I just covered how he uses his height to hide behind the offensive line, how he uses his low center of gravity to make explosive physical plays throughout the game. And, you know, first pro cop, y'all are going to see why I'm kind of high on this kid. I think it's J.K. Dobbins. We saw him come out of Ohio State last year. Ravens running back now, he shows similar explosions, similar athleticism, and they both show extreme physicality in their running style in such a small frame. They're both roughly 5'9". They're both bigger bodied, big frames that are just rock solid. And you saw J.K. Dobbins last year really make an impact for Ohio State and the Ravens this past year and just being able to run through the tackles, that start-stop, that cutting, and that big play threat at times. And I think this is why Michael Carter is going to make a J.K. Dobbins-type impact in the league this next year. And so at three, I was dreading this moment. We got here, tried to spend roughly five minutes on each one of these prospects, but, man, this one's going to hurt. And I know I'm going to get some backlash on this. Now I'm going to get some comments and some criticism, but let me have it. Give me your reason why I'm wrong here. This is the change I made. I have Najee Harris from Alabama right here at number three. We have the Nick Saban workhorse himself. He's looking to make a huge impact in the NFL after being one of the biggest factors um, at Alabama in their national championship run. He rushed for over 3,800 yards, 46 touchdowns, had almost 1,000 receiving yards, 11 receiving touchdowns, averaged over six yards per touch over his multiple years at Alabama. He was the Dope Walker Award winner, a consensus All-American this past year. He led the NCAA in rushing touchdowns. He was third in rushing yards and number one in yards from from scrimmage. It shows you his production, man. And I get it. You're like, man, how do you have the Dope Walker Award winner at third. I'll explain when we get to the other prospects, but let's talk about Najee here first, man. We got a few pros here. One, catch catch radius and pass catching. He caught 43 of his 53 total targets this year. He possesses a great ability to make plays after he catches the ball. And he's a bigger body guy with longer arms, and he probably has the best catch radius, radius of any running back prospect this year. It, and it's just due to how long he is, man. He, he He's just so long. He has those really long arms. And so even if the ball's a little bit overthrown, he's going to be able to be – he's going to be better equipped to make an adjustment to that ball than some of these other running backs we saw. We just talked about Michael Carter, 5'9". He's not going to be able to get out there and make some of the plays that Najee will. And going off of that, his size and strength is a real problem. And he's probably the most physically gifted running back of these top prospects. I mean, 230, 235. It allows him to take those shots, punish smaller linebackers, punish almost every DB. And on top of his size and strength, his athleticism is just insane. The way the, the way he utilizes the hurdle, I don't think we've seen a running back better utilize a hurdle than Najee Harris in a long time. 
He is so athletic, so dynamic. And for someone that big and that physical to be able to jump like that and show that vertical is outstanding. And those are some of his pros. But for cons, I know this is going to be controversial to you know, Alabama fans and some big Najee Hair supporters. His speed compared to some of these top prospects is a little bit worrisome. He declined the run to 40-yard dash. But you look at his career, he only has 25 carries of 20 yards or more in his entire career. And that brings into question his explosive ability. The guy who I moved above him, I think, had more than that this year. And he doesn't have that big playability to me, and that's going to really limit what I think he could do in an offense. It's it's like, do you, I know that guy who can get you three, four yards is great, but you're going to have to break one every once in a while. And he broke some in college, but we're talking about going up to the next level, and I have questions about his top-end speed here. The other one is, man, you run behind an Alabama offensive line for your career. How will he perform if he gets drafted to the Jets? If he gets drafted to the Dolphins or someone with not with an average to below average offensive line, he had the top talent blocking for him at all times. It left many questions about how he's going to handle adversity in the backfield when it's presented to him. And on top of that, that high cut running style he kind of has that he's very tall. He's very like he's very lanky. He's like almost stretched out and with his height. You see him get chopped down a lot, and it leaves that middle section open for huge hits. You see it with Derrick Henry, but let me just be honest. Alabama fans, Derrick Henry is my favorite running back in the NFL right now, just to say. I don't think he has the same physicality that Derrick Henry has. I really don't. He's physical, but, man, Derrick Henry is a grown man out there. And Nachi could develop it, but he doesn't run the same as Henry with such physicality with that stiff arm and everything. Najee Harris is going to be more subjected to that chop down midsection spear type tackle. And it gives, makes me worried that if he doesn't have a great offensive line, can you chop him down at the line of scrimmage? If you get a hold of him? that's to be seen, but this is one of the concerns I have. And for a pro comp, it was really hard because Najee's a very unique guy. But I've likened, likened him to David Johnson, the former Arizona Cardinals running back, traded to Houston in that controversial uh, DeAndre Hopkins trade. They're both big running backs. They're both 6'1", 6'2", weighing about 225, 230. They both have average speed. Uh, Johnson ran, I think, a 4'5-something, um, and I think that's about what Nachi would have ran. They're both versatile in the air. They both got big catch radiuses. Uh, David Johnson's a very versatile back, and he was one of the best running backs in the league till he got hurt. And so I think this is kind of where Najee's going to fall. He's going to be a multi-year starter. That's great, but I just don't think he's going to. He's I don't. I just don't think his ceiling is much higher than what Davis Johnson's uh, was. And so for number two, I know, I know some of y'all are listening. Like, who did you put above Najee Harris, Zach? You, we believed in you. You're the analytics guy. How can we trust you? This is something Brandon would have done. Well, I got number two, Javante Williams, North Carolina running back. And I think, let me just tell you this. So I said it. Um, I don't, I think with Trey Lance, when I did the quarterbacks, this guy has all the potential to be the best running back in this class. And it's by a significant amount. And it might not even be close. I really wanted to put him at one, but I've been sticking with my number one for a long time. But he's a he's one B to me, I would say. And 
when we look back at this class in a few years, Javante Williams might be the best running back in here. He should have been a candidate for the ACC player of the year this year. He's rushed for over 2,300 yards, 29 rushing touchdowns, four receiving while averaging over 6.8 yards per touch over three seasons at UNC. This year, man, over 1,100 yards rushing, 19 touchdowns, and he averaged over seven yards per carry. He was sixth in the entire country in rushing yards. That was third in the ACC. and was third in the country in rushing touchdowns, first in the ACC. And this is with split time with Michael Carter, who was at four. So it's so hard to compare these guys because they were like Cadillac, Ronnie Brown, um, Reggie Bush, and um, Lindell White at USC. That's kind of what it was. And for a pro. So I'm going to be honest with y'all. I saw this quote um, on Pro Football Focus, and I've loved it. This is, this is the quote I'm sticking with Javante Williams. His number one pro is just called, he chooses violence. He chooses violence every time, and I love it. it. This is what his running style is. He is going to run through someone's face. You, t- you hear that saying with Derrick Henry, run through a you-know-what's face. That is Javante Williams. He is not scared. He's not afraid of contact, but he's also not afraid to take your ankles and put you on some skates. He runs like he's ready to die on any given play. He runs and plays with a recklessness that he's like a he's like Ed Reed playing running back to me. He is not afraid to take your head off as a running back, and I just love it. There is nobody who runs harder than Javante Williams in this class. There might not be someone who runs harder than him in the entire NFL right now. This kid plays with reckless abandon at the running back position, and I love it. It is so old school, and I cannot wait to see what he does. And on top of this, man, his elusiveness is up there. Pro Football Focus said Williams was the most elusive player they have ever analyzed, and I believe it. And if you don't believe me, listen here. 75 broken tackles this year, which was almost half a broken tackle every single time he touched the ball, which broke a previous record by my number one running back, Travis Etienne, at .43 uh, per touch. And in one game this year, NC State, he broke 17 tackles, guys. 17 in one game. What more do you say? I think he had 18 carries that game. Broke a tackle, a, 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 broke a tackle of touch. What more do you want from him? And so he's elusive. He he is he chooses violence when he runs. And my third and final pro, his size and durability is unique too. He's the ideal size for a running back. He's like 5'11", so he doesn't have the problem of running real stood up, kind of like Najee Harris does, but he's also 222, 30. That's, that's, a, that's a big running back that's going to come through and that it allows him to absorb hits over the seasons and allows him to play at that ridiculous physical level he does, and it should allow him to uh, stay healthy in the league, even when a team rides him into the ground, like he might have to carry a team one day. And for his cons, it's got to be the limited workload in college. It could technically be a positive for fresher legs, only 366 carries. I mean, that's less than some people get in this. I mean, that's almost less than some people get in the season. Najee Harris had over 650 carries in his career. So he's got half the workload, but also we've only really seen him produce at this high level one season, which is why I couldn't put him number one. And for his pro comp, this is going to catch some people off guard. I'm just going to be honest with y'all, but I beg y'all, listen, 
if you're tuned into this, y'all trust me at this point. Y'all are subscribed, hopefully. Y'all listen to the podcast regularly. Y'all know I do my research on this. And his pro comp is Nick Chubb, former Georgia running back, current Browns running back. They are almost identical, guys. They are identical size, identical athleticism, the physicality, the potential. It's almost creepy if you watch film on both of these running backs, how similar these guys look on film. If in, I think anyone who drafts Trevante Williams could have a future running back that they can count on for years in the future, and they're going to have a multi-year pro bowler, impossible league-leading rusher on their hands. I truly believe that. And if you don't think Nick Chubb and him are similar on film, I need you to send me the film because I promise you, once you kind of look at this, go into it with an open mind, you can see this Javante Williams-Nick Chubb comparison. So go let me know what y'all think about that. But I think Javante Williams could be the sleeper of this class, even at number two in the running back class. And for number one, y'all knew it was coming. I've been on this train since a year and a half ago. Travis Etienne, Clemson running back. I really wanted to put Javante Williams here, but because Etienne has done it for four years, has such a unique skill set, I think he's going to be a day one guy, a franchise game changer for the right team because he's just a stick of dynamite ready to explode. That's really how I feel about Travis Etienne is that he is a stick of dynamite. You look at his stats, man, over 4,900 rushing yards, 70 touchdowns, over 1,100 receiving yards, eight receiving touchdowns. And, guys, four years at Clemson, he averaged over eight yards per touch. Every time he touched the ball for four years, he averaged eight yards. That is just insane. That is an insane stat line. And you look, he's the most accomplished running back in this class. Two-time ACC Player of the Year. Two times two times ACC Offensive Player of the Year. A 2020 Consensus All-American. And he's a two-time Top 10 Heisman finalist. And guys, he's number one in ACC history in all these things. Rushing yards. Rushing yards per attempt. Rushing touchdowns. Yards from scrimmage. That's four things and touchdowns. You got uh, you got the big five, man. All five things. He's number one in the entire ACC history of football. And, I mean, what else do you want there? And for the pros, man, let's get to it. Number one, I've already mentioned. Explosion and him being a home run threat is the biggest thing. He is probably the top big play threat in this running back class, and it's shown over four years at one of the top programs in the country. He averaged over seven yards per touch all four years and averaged over eight yards per touch in 2018 and 2019. He is a threat to take every single ball he touches to the crib every single time he touches. I mean, it is unbelievable how explosive this guy is. And he just has a score mindset, and you can't teach that. You can't teach that explosion. So I think that's what really separates Etienne from the other guys in this class. And then you look at how elusive he is. The way he, the, the fact that he's so elusive is another big thing. He shows he can show agility, make defenders look silly in the open field, or he can run through those weak arm tackles. You've seen it happen. They just come in there too soft, and Etienne explodes through them. Either way, you better wrap up and hold on, or you could be watching at the end walk into the end zone due to your mistake, your missed tackle. And then this is really 
what separates him, I think, from the five is how big of a weapon he's become in the passing game. Yeah, I talked about Gainwell, Najee. Travis Etienne is a glorified wide receiver at the running back position. He's probably the best weapon in this class. He had over 80 catches, 1,000 yards, and six touchdowns, and 12 yards per catch over the past two years. And that's why he's a Swiss Army knife in terms of what he can be for an NFL team. And when I get to my pro comparison, it's going to make sense why he's number one. But the two the two cons, one, usage. He has not had a game with over 20 rushing attempts since 2018. It causes a bit of concern because if a team needs him to shoulder the load, it could be a problem in terms of health. And can he be that 25 carry um, a game guy? I don't know. But this also could be due to his emergence in the passing game. Some of those passes he caught were swing passes, which are glorified runs or screens. And so can he be a 25-carry guy? Maybe. but Or is that offense is going to have to be creative in how they get him to ball? So I think that's kind of going to be the distinction on where he ends up um, and how they use him. Second, this is kind of a problem for me. I'm not going to lie. This is my biggest concern for him. It's effort at times. There are times where the effort seems to lack in short yardage situations, but I expect that if he lands in the right culture with the right head coach, that could change. And what I mean by effort is not that he doesn't try or he isn't motivated. It's that he doesn't have like kind of what Javante Williams has, where I'm at, I'm going to get this yard at all costs. I'm going to run through your face. I'm ready to die for this one yard. He doesn't really show that. He's very conservative in terms of, man, if he doesn't think he gets you on that first break tackle, it's just going to go down good to the next play. And we're going to try again. And I think that could cost him in terms of being that third down red zone back, which that's where the real money is made when you get them touchdowns. And when that team can rely on you, it doesn't have to take you off the field, but I'm expecting that if he lands in the right culture, that'll be fine. And for the pro comp. So this is going to make some people mad. I know we're a Southern podcast. I know there's some fans out here who might not love this comparison because that's their boy, but I think he's a more athletic Alvin Kamara. Saints running back right now. The comparisons here are absolutely disgusting about how similar they are. Identical in height and weight, 5'10", 215. Yeah, that's what they're both listed at. They're both explosive in rushing. In in, in rushing, um, outside, inside, it doesn't matter, but mostly outside gains. They're both explosive there. They're both big-time receiving threats. They both have limited rushing attempts due to their ability in the receiving game to catch the ball, swing passes, screens, dump down, slot action, all that. The only reason I say it's more athletic is because Etienne is a bit faster with a 4-4-1 while Kamara ran a a 4-5-3. And I think it's a little bit more agile, a little bit more explosive than Kamara. So it was like Alvin Kamara if he was just a little bit more explosive and a little bit faster. I'll take that every day and twice on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, or Saturdays, whenever we play. Travis Etienne, I get it. I mean, we had Josh Pate on the podcast, man. He was telling me, it's got to be Najee Harris. I just don't see it, man. I think Travis Etienne is the can't-miss running back prospect this year. I think the way you're seeing running backs used in the NFL today, they have to be dynamic in the passing game. He's a more explosive pass catcher than Najee Harris. He's a more consistent pass catcher than Najee Harris, and he's just that much more explosive, and that is why I'm putting Travis Etienne at number one here, the most accomplished ACC running back of all time. 
Travis Etienne is going to go in the first round, and he's going to make somebody extremely, extremely lucky and extremely happy. But, guys, I appreciate y'all tuning in, man. Last episode of the week, we've got to April, man. We kicked this two-minute drill thing off February 16th, guys. You know, we cover some recruiting stuff. We're getting into some draft coverage. we got some big things planned. we got some special guests probably hitting up the two-minute drill to cover some NFL uh, draft needs for some certain teams. But, guys, I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have made this such a success, and I just want to say I really, really appreciate it. Start Like I said, we started this the 16th of February. We had, like, I think 20 subscribers on YouTube. We are up over 60. We're on that road to 100, guys. I want to get to 100. It will unlock the community feature on YouTube where I can communicate with y'all more uh, one-on-one. We can post stuff from our social media on there. So y'all can follow all we do on YouTube if we get to 100. That's why we're doing the merch bundle giveaway when we hit 100. And, guys, I'm going to be honest. I got some plans for 200. This is way in the future. We're going to have a big giveaway I mean, we're talking like AirPods, um, Beats Pros, something like that. Something huge, maybe an autographed jersey when we get to 200. Um, so let's get to 100 first. Get this Blue Bloods merch out the door to five lucky subscribers of the first 100. I appreciate y'all uh, supporting me, man. Like this video. Give it a thumbs up, man. It helps us out. Make, make sure to subscribe. And just as a treat to all our listeners out there who might not know about the two-minute drill, I'm releasing this on audio versions because we didn't have a, a normal episode today because our uh, Big 12 and 30 days starts Monday with Kansas State. Wyatt Thompson joined me for a, um, a big interview about K-State football. It was it was amazing to talk to him, especially being a student here right now. So that will be coming Monday. But, guys, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, I'm not releasing these on audio platforms often, but I'm releasing them so you all know to come find us on YouTube, the Blue Bless CFP Podcast. Our Twitch listeners who found us will be back on Twitch next week, man. We had to get some technical difficulties worked out. But, guys, have an amazing weekend. Jackson State coverage coming Monday, man. I am so excited. But for myself, for the Blue Bloods, and the two-minute drill, guys, we are out.